Hey, everybody in podcast land. This is your. None other than Legacy Core member, recent UW grad, one of the prettiest smiles in the EDM Seattle game, Drip Too Hard. We got Joe Ed. Man, dude, what an introduction, man. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm like, my voice is trembling because I'm like so happy. I've never been on a podcast before. I can scratch this one off my bucket list now. Hell yeah. Well, welcome to the podcast. Um, you know, I'm happy to have you on here. And, you know, from the moment, like I asked you, the energy was there. You're like, let's fucking go. And I'm like, that is exactly what I need right now. So thank thank you. you. Hey, thank you so much. I really enjoyed the first two episodes, by the way. Oh, thank you. They were, they were a, a blast to do. So this week, this is the, the, this is the third episode and I decided to change it up from the sound bowl because I was getting way too nervous and you know, we got to practice a little bit more before we do that on the stream. So this week, what we're going to do as a team is we're going to take three deep breaths together. Pretty simple, you know, just center, you know, I don't know where you've been at in your week. I don't know what you got going in your life, but we got some breaths going. So, all right. <sighs> Close your eyes and just listen to my voice. In. And out. In. And out. Breathe in. Breathe out. And one more for extra credit. Breathe in. Breathe out. All right. I'm feeling centered. I don't know how you're feeling over there. Dude, I'm feeling relaxed. I'm feeling ready to go. Dude, it's a good way to start it off. And so I want to welcome you. I want to let you introduce yourself. Um, if you want to go by Joe Ed, Jose. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'd be more than happy to. So, um, hey, everyone. Um, so my name is uh, Jose Santos. I go by the DJ name of Joe Ed. I am recently a University of Washington graduate, class of 2020, hell which yeah. kind of, yeah, hell yeah, right? And then uh, took a quick... Uh, direction weird direction due to uh covid um i am uh, also a uh I, like i said earlier dj producer under the name of joed i started this that project um it didn't really quick start until sophomore year of college um other than that i um am just chilling and vibing and just trying to see where life takes me next that's what I love to hear. I love that very last part about you saying just vibing and chilling till you know, life takes you on the ride. You know, it's all about the journey. Um, I did not know that you've only been in the game for a couple years. That's pretty sick. It's a, it's a weird, like, uh, how would you consider like when you start in the game? Cause technically, like I, I consider that my sophomore year when I started releasing my discography and it oh, wasn't okay. like, that's, that's what I consider like when I like launched into the game. But before that was 
years of music production that in moments of like not feeling ready until sophomore year. Oh, so there, there was a lot leading up to yes. the oh, initial a, release. A good lot. It's like the, like the climb up the mountain. Oh shit. Okay. That's cool. So when did you start producing? Uh, and so what was your DAW? What was your DAW? What was what's my DAW? What was your DAW at the time when you first oh, my, started? The DAW I first started is the same DAW I use now. Oh, what is it? FL Studio, baby. Hell yeah, Fruity Loop gang. It's uh it's how do I say this? I guess it um uh, music production started back around I'd say senior year, senior year of high school. Okay. Um it was uh I was really into EDM growing up, right? Like just like a lot of different inspirations um quote unquote the golden era right 20 2012 2014ish <laughs> like that was hey. like man <laughs> i wish we could bring those times back again dude they will come back and you know that was i didn't know that they called that the golden era but that Same. was like when i first you know was getting into it like full force Right, right, yeah. Uh, I, I, same thing, yeah. I was like, why is it called the golden era? Like, does that mean there's no more golden eras going to happen soon? Like, I feel there will be. I oh, feel yeah. like I, I believe so, just in a different way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it started. Um, so I had this uh, background in EDM that I loved. Like, I love listening to Dead Mouse, Avicii, Skrillex. Uh, it, remember all that hype when Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites came out back in middle school? Oh, hell yeah. When you're like, oh, what the hell is this? You know, I remember the first EDM track that I've ever listened to was we're, uh, was Kyoto by Skrillex on his Bangarang EP. I don't think I know that one off the top of my really? head. No. That was a, that was like a, like first one. I was like, what do you call this type of music? Is this just like growling and machines and synths and like what it all compiles well together. What is this called? And was like, Oh, it's Skrillex. It's Skrillex. It's Skrillex. And I'm like, man, I got to look into this. And that's when this whole love for EDM kind of breathed into life. And I was researching, next thing you know, I was researching Denmouse, Avicii, Swedish House Mafia. And it was just like, man, like, they're so good. Like, like, ah. And so um, high school, my friend had the same taste in me. He was also into EDM. And he realized that I really was passionate about it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was like, hey, dude, like, uh, you should bring your laptop to school one day and I can, uh, help you get FL studio. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh get yeah. FL studio. And uh-huh. I was like, yeah, for sure. dude. like, I I'd be down. Like you're telling me you can just get this for me. And he goes, yeah. And so we planned one whole lunch just to, we found like a empty room back, uh, like an empty band room. And he opens up FL studio for me and he goes like, here are your, here's the UI, here's the piano roll. And to me, it looked like, like rocket science. I thought using Winslow's CDJs at Art Squared and Friends was rocket science. But boy, when you look at the UI at first of a DAW, like it, it looks crazy. It looks daunting. It, it, that's exactly the word I would use is that it looks like you're about to storm the castle, but right behind the castle is this huge fucking monster. Like, no, you shall not pass. Right. And so he would show me, um, some tips and tricks and we, he would, he would push me to be like, you know, Hey, let's start making a, a melody this week and whatnot. And I will never forget those days. I would make like a, like a, like a, like just like a melody, 
like not even like a good decent melody not even like bare minimum like cohesive it would just be like three notes just looped together and i would pretend i'm like diplo i felt like i was <laughs> diplo already <laughs> like, like i put a kick under that and i'm like oh my god this will, this will be on spinning records in no time oh my god this will hit the charts <laughs> I, I still have those files to this day and I listen to it. And I'm just like, what am I thinking? What was I thinking during that moment? And so, um, but unfortunately during those times in high school, my computer could barely handle like three channels. Oh, and so, oh, what? yeah, oh, barely, yeah, it was like a $200, like, like HP computer that like would bear, do the bare minimum for like Microsoft word, which got me by in high school. Wow. Well, I'm glad it got you three channels. It got me three, like it got me like, and, but it didn't motivate me enough to continue doing this craft until freshman year of high school. When I think it was some coding website class I was using, which was heavily computer-based. Right. Mm -hmm. And one day my laptop just died out and I had an assignment due like two days after. And my mom was like, you know what, we're just going to ball out and give you like a, like a, a laptop that's way better that can, you know, handle everything that you're going to be going through for college. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was this, uh, um, eight, like it was like a Dell Inspiron. That's what it was. Okay. And, and, uh, you know, my, uh, same friend got me FL studio <laughs> and <laughs> he got me FL studio and boy, that, that, that shit was able to run everything, uh, like, well, like it was able to run serum somewhat well oh wow and stuff. yeah and i was just like oh my god like just like this is crazy and so from there on out um it was just a bunch of watching youtube tutorials learning my craft analyzing like how theory like music theory and such uh along with trying to learn your ear and learn the process so that you know you have your own you can formulate your own style and your own craft and it was until like ids after ids after ids that like i didn't feel as comfortable I would show my roommate, he'd be like, nah, like you can do better. You can do better. And it wasn't Whoa. until, yeah, like my roommate didn't even like, wasn't even specialized in music, but he'd be like, switch this melody around, switch this kick here and there. And I'd be like, oh shit. Yeah, you're right. Like, let's go ahead and do that. That's and sick. I was very inspired by Kaigo and Avicii. And I still am to this day. Oh, yeah. So, wow. And that was when I birthed the EP of Joyous back in sophomore year of college. <laughs> oh my God. Which yeah. I was like, I was like, damn, like, really like that's when i would i launched into the scene and that's how uh, i am from there on to this point with the uh, music wow it was so wild because you touched so many points that i was like oh my god you touched on the one i want to talk about you touched on that too yeah we could go ahead and talk about it more i don't mind dude of course um that's why we have you on here like so the joyous ep the first thing i noticed i, I listened to it on like really fresh ears and i was like Dude, this sounds like so inspired by Avicii. Like the synth choices. And I was like, oh my, I got to ask him about Avicii. I wrote that down. I was like, Avicii? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> yeah. Damn, you're going to make me cry when you talk about Avicii. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm, I'm down to talk about Avicii for a minute. Yeah, let's... Um, he he is, was a pioneer and seriously like changed the landscape of the electronic music scene. Like, I'll never forget, like, I was a delivery driver for Roundtable Pizza in, like, what, 2013? And I remember just delivering pizza and being like, So wake me up when it's all over. I'd be blasting that when I'm wiser and I'm older. And I live in, like, 
country Covington. And so I'll be like passing by these farms and I'm like, yep, that could be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, you, you, you said it just how exactly I was going to say it. Um, definitely like, dude, probably like this is obviously in my opinion, but the best producer hands down hit me the most emotionally. Um, crazy how his story goes. I will never forget. Uh, hearing levels for the first time actually funny part is my favorite song of all time is silhouettes by avici okay that one does not doesn't ring in my head right now it, it's it's like you play it anywhere and i'll know right then and there i'll start throwing ass i'll just start dancing like crazy like that's that's my bop <laughs> throw that silhouettes. ass in a circle <laughs> throw that ass in a circle to avici <laughs> yeah um but he's like he's also inspired many many artists He's um I don't know if you also know this, but he's also Kaigo's main uh, inspiration as well. I did not know that. Yeah, uh, that look makes up, sense. Like, yeah, uh, look up any interview on YouTube. Avicii is Kaigo's number one main inspiration. He also has like a tattoo on his arm too, and I was just like, damn, like you're just inspiring me even more, you know? Wow. And to hear what happened to him is just the worst thing. Like you ever you ever had those days where like what would happen if like those like random thoughts were like, what would happen if like your most favorite celebrity were to leave this planet? Like how bad would you feel or some like, you know, you never like, and you never like those thoughts would come randomly, you know, back in middle school. Whatnot. And then out of nowhere, one day in class, my friend's like, Hey, uh, Avicii, Avicii, Avicii died. And I thought like his music, like he was just saying like, Oh, his music's dead. Like he doesn't listen to him anymore, but it didn't really ring true until like I thought about it more that, Oh my gosh, like, no way is he actually gonna go on google right away i see the news post and i'm just like are you serious that was 2018 right april 20th 2018 okay yeah that's what i thought um oh 420 <laughs> <laughs> like ironically uh but it was like uh i'll never forget that day and his music have you seen his documentary no i have not his documentary will hit you it's Where will I find that um it used to be it was on netflix for a fat minute um, uh, but I, uh, I, I honestly, probably on Amazon prime or something, it's okay. called, um, uh, true stories. True and stories. it, it really opens up mental awareness in the EDM industry. Mm, that, yeah, I think that's very important. I think right. there's oh, a yeah. lot of people who are like literally grinding all the goddamn time and like trying to make this a reality and like sometimes they don't take care of themselves in other avenues of their lives so but man right and so yeah he's all in all he's my main inspiration to this day um his sounds actually like you can call me like a a number one fan freak for even knowing this but like i would pause his videos on youtube and he would open up you know nexus the plugin on 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 like 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 the third party plugin. For I like haven't synth. used it before. Is it a synth? It's a, it's like a synth that comes with like preset sounds of like pianos leads that like you you can't edit but they're quality still. Okay. Um and it was a uh, it's he's he's known for just grabbing presets, bro, and barely tweaking them and they sound perfect. Like he doesn't make his like dude, I've never seen somebody do it so well. He like he like like literally just goes through presets on plugins like go stuck get stuck on a sound doesn't even tweak it barely tweaks it uses it and it sounds amazing like he like like i'm I'm just like how do you do that how do you, like he was like 18 doing this creating hits 
How do you explain that? I, I, the only way I can explain that is just good taste, dude. Yeah. And like believing in it. Like I feel that you can overdo songs, put way too much like time and effort into like tweaking a snare or like, you know, tuning a kick or, you know, doing whatever sound design you want to a synth. But at the end of the day, some of my favorite songs I finished in like, freaking 40 minutes you know or like mm. hour and a half like the skeleton of it, and i'm just like all right sweet like and that was like with very little tweaking and so i can appreciate that simplicity so that's really cool i did not know that he did that right and so uh yeah cutting back to nexus like i remember he used a lead i paused the youtube video and it was he was <laughs> stuck on the preset called uh, i use it i used it in uh euphoria on joy on the joyous ep it's okay. called square lead number two <laughs> it's just a simple yeah squarely number two sounds very very avici like he used it on his song dancing in my head you guys can go ahead and listen to that anywhere and then look listen to euphoria and you can hear the similarity that like it's there and also on uh joyous on the joyous cp as well okay cool there was a, a very specific synth that I said that is avici right there but I wasn't sure you know I, I was mm. like okay well I'll just I'll ask about it and who would have known it's a preset on Nexus. Right. And so, but yeah, other than like, ultimately he was just the, my favorite artist of all time. He, if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be here. And so I'm very grateful to have been in in his presence of music and grateful to have listened to his discography and, you know, being there just vibing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, now, I just want to take a moment and say R.I.P. Avicii. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in paradise. You know, you, you did a lot for the scene. And, you know, I know a lot of people miss you. I remember, have you heard of that club in Bellevue called The Forum? That's where, uh, that's where me and uh, Ricky did the DJ for the back-to-back. For oh, yeah. Northwest the, Shuffle Movement. Yeah, for the Shuffle Movement. So, yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but... Oh, wait, you did notice. Yeah, I the, put on my story. Yeah, the Avicii, <laughs> that they have the the poster of Avicii, like like a little memorial to him behind the bar. Yes. I thought that was so quality. sick. It, lo- it was very high quality. I was like, they... I was like, the owners must very much care about Avicii, and I can respect that a lot. That was oh, really yeah. Cool. Wow, cool. I forgot about that. Dude, that Northwest Shuffle Movement thing felt like forever ago. Right, I know, and it was this year. It was this. It was like what eight months ago, March. Yeah. So, I kind of want to transition this a little bit from you know the starts of music, what your inspirations were, to a little bit more of the show that we did together. Oh, you know, we can uh, we can throw it back to our squared and friends. At the Vera Project, which if y'all have been on the episode, we've mentioned now twice. And now this is the third time we all played this shit legendary ass show. Yeah, and I, uh, I know about like how that came to be. Like that was my first time meeting you was go at that event. Oh, yeah. yeah and also the photo shoot beforehand, right? Oh, my Remember God. The- yeah, the photo shoot. I, <laughs> wow. My memory just does not serve me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. I get to. Oh my god, where do I even begin with this? Um, uh, yeah, I guess. Okay, uh, junior year of college. I think it was three, three or four months after I dropped my first remix. 
um, okay. which was San Holo, uh, Lift Me From The Ground. Lift Me and From The Ground. Dude, you probably, oh. That's my, that, that was, that was, I want to say that was my favorite of the remixes that I have listened to on your story. Dude, that, that was so beautifully mixed. It was so emotional. Like, and then I want to give you so much props. There was a couple songs where you, you your fill to like get go from one section to the other was just a sub drop, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's sexy!" <laughs> I was like, "Damn!" So I just want to give you credit because I will be using that in future productions. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mentioned this also on Twitter. Um, I just got SoundCloud Pro, so oh, that means you can like I so I can like literally like the main reason was so I can have everyone who's interested in using my stuff for any reason just download it on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Um, like just the download button. They don't have to. There's no link that takes them to like a third party like FanGate download Hype edit. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah put in your facebook okay now put in your spotify okay now like give us your email and then it's like 10 minutes later you don't even want to listen to the song anymore. right yeah do that the hype gates were not fun right no no i totally agree it's still great that they were putting out music and i understand that like it was a way of further marketing their um music to those fans later on by having like their you know socials Right. And I totally agree on that. Um, it's not bad, but I, I think at one point, like, well, cause also like, if you don't have SoundCloud pro, you can't change the typography f- from, from buy. Like it just says buy on under your song. You can't change it to say download. If you have a free what? subscription. Yeah. Did yeah. they take away the download option? Yeah. For like, for free users, it just says buy. Like, and if you want to, you can change the link when you click buy. So what I would do is I would make, cause I didn't have a budget for SoundCloud pro. I would just make like a hype edit or download gate, like link, put it under the, like put it in the buy option button and then put in the description title of the song, uh, free, download. Lift me, free DL. Yeah. Oh, wow. That I did not know that. That's pretty yeah. sick. Yeah, so I was like, you know what, like, screw it. I'm just going to go ahead, get SoundCloud Pro. I can get it. And so I can just have anyone just literally click the download button, no gates or whatever, and boom, it goes right there on your computer files. You're done. You can leave. Okay, cool. Um, but so, yeah, so, um, yeah, so stretching back to this, to this R Squared and Friends story, um, I, I uh, shout out to my good friend, Andrew Nguyen, who, uh, one of the directors, uh, I remember one day, uh, spring quarter, he was like, Hey, um, so there's this, uh, big DJ up North. Uh, he's, uh, making a show, having other DJs show up. And, uh, I think you'd be great. Like, uh, do you mind if I can let him know about you? And that, at that point, like I had so much things on my mind. I was like, what's the next song I'm going to, re- I think I was doing another remix contest that I had to finish before a deadline and finals coming up. And I was like, I did not see myself DJing that year. I didn't see myself DJing for the next two years, dude. Whoa. I, that DJing was not in the field that I was going to be like, I'm being straight up. I, it was just production. That was just it. Uh-huh. I didn't, I didn't think I would be, I, I was going to wait for DJing to be like after I graduated college. You know, or maybe a year after I graduated college. And I I think I told him that like, you know, like, yeah, go ahead, like feel free. And one day I uh I think I was in class no, I was in the library studying and I got an email and have you like it I thought the email was a fake at first, like almost like a spam. <laughs> like cause uh <laughs> Ricky did mention this. 
because because uh, I was learning how to promote on SoundCloud and whatnot, and like there was like I think one web when one website gets your email, you know, a bunch spam you about like free promos, yeah, like like promo offer BS and whatnot. And I thought it was fake at first, but when I looked into it, uh, I was like, oh, like this is a really well made email. It looks really professional. It sounds more professional than like a job offer. I'm like, and he's legit. And I looked up his credentials, his Instagram, and I'm like, oh my God, he's legit. Uh, and I was scared because I was like, dude, I don't know how to, like, I never DJed in my life. The closest thing I've had to DJing experience was this like shitty Newmark controller that my dad gave me, like a uh, Newmark, Newmark mix track, um, like really busted up Newmark mix track. Then the fader barely worked. I didn't even have DJ software, so I had to use this DJ software called Mix M I X X, which no one's ever heard of it. That's how I've like never heard of that either. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, and he knew that, and Ricky knew that apparently that I've never DJed, and so um, I accepted it. And that whole summer, I just balanced uh, summer classes and learning how to DJ. I actually, uh, you'd be surprised if I told you who helped me learn how to DJ. Um, do you know Wilson like the volleyball? Shut the front yes. door. Yeah. Shout out to Wilson like the volleyball. I want to get you on the podcast. I hope you're doing good in LA, my friend. Dude, that is wild. What a how did you two meet? Um what up, Chude? I remembered uh well I, I remember hearing uh Wilson's name around campus that Wilson did shows and DJed. I remember he, I think it was the, um, there was some like musical talent show happening down at uh, the Museum of Art in Seattle, the Mopop, Mopop Museum. Uh-huh. Um, I remember hearing Wilson um, perform do, alongside Gypsy Temple and hearing, hearing um, all of the sounds that uh, they have to offer. And um, I was like, and, and Wilson worked at the, at the Media Arcade Library um, in allen library here on uh, campus at, at uw and i was just like oh my gosh maybe like i i know wilson works there like i don't even know him that well uh like let's like how about if i ask wilson for tips right and i remember i'll never forget uh i went into uh the media arcade and i see wilson and i'm like hey uh i have a show coming up uh, do you guys have like a controller somewhere where you guys can, uh, or I can like, you know, just learn? Cause I don't know shit. <laughs> and, and Wilson goes, yeah, we have this, uh, Wilson's like most kindest person ever. Like I'll never forget how genuine Wilson was. And they uh, gave me this tractor S4. That's what the model was, uh, tractor S4. And, um, it was, uh, I, I had some 128 BPM tracks. You know, I just got to work and I, I would ask Wilson every five minutes, hey, like, if you want to transition, how does it go? Blah, 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 like the lows and the mids and the highs. And every week I would go into the media arcade trying to learn uh, how to DJ from the legend Wilson. And so, yeah. And um, uh, from that, and then I think it was the week before uh, Our Square and Friends, I bought a DDJ 400. <laughs> Oh my god! Right before, <laughs> like, the, look, I, I was, I remember because I was buying it and I was like shitting myself because I, I didn't think shipping would make it in time. 
mm-hmm. for me to have enough days to practice, right? Because uh, I was I was cutting it, I was cutting it pretty close, but it got it got through at a reasonable time window, and spent like countless nights and days trying to learn the software, trying to uh, format my tracks because you have to format your tracks on Rekordbox, right? Yeah. To from to be used on the CDJs, and I would just mess around. Um, I remember Wilson teaching me the uh, harmonic circle, the Camelot wheel. Yep. When it yep. comes to mixing, right? And so I uh, heavily referred to that as well, and um, you know, just wanted to play like a like a future bass vibey type set that had like uh, like that bri- like a bridge between future bass and progressive house. That bridge because um, they're my two favorite genres to bridge that aspect with some feelsy shit and some hard stuff, and. Um, it was I what that day, dude. Oh my god, I'll never forget that day walking in to the Vera project. We're all there meeting so each other. Hype. Dude, the hype was you know I did not like it didn't hit me until I got at the venue. Like like yeah, three oh, months. Yeah. yeah, like not even the lift right there hit me. I'm just like I'm I'm like I felt a bit nervous, but until I got there at the lobby with sound check, I was just like, what? And butterflies me. yeah and remember the the i think you said in the last episode i thought that was funny the holographic Yu-Gi-Oh card or whatever card that we had uh oh, yeah yeah the the pass with our names on it shout out to kim by the way for designing that dude those are sick i i keep those on my wall all the time because i'm just like it's like it's such a dope piece of art just in general right and when that when that was handed to me i was like oh my god this is real this is actually real. This Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. This is my first time here. I like all these people that are DJing with me are all good AF experienced. They've they DJed before. They all got their own style. They're dope AF. And here I am, like odd one out, just trying to somehow make a decent impression at the very least so I can get by. And it was your first time ever performing in front of people first time ever performing in front of people and it was a sold out crowd at the vera project bro that is a fairy tale story if i've ever heard one wow it was too good to be true bro because uh i remember when we remember when we had sound check on winslow cdj's we hear the crowd we heard the crowd out back like waiting in line and i'm just like what <laughs> the hell are people waiting in line for? Are they waiting for me? Because they best not be waiting for me because I'm sc- I'll am i be so confused if I find out that they're waiting for me because I am not established in any way whatsoever. I barely have songs out. How the hell are people already here in line? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Like, oh, shit, dude. The energy I'm feeling right now. Right? Like, like I was. it, it didn't like, it, it did help. It, me at all but even though it was great for the rest of the night it didn't help me at all with my nervousness and trying to like comprehend what's happening in the moment especially trying to learn winslow cdj's in like a 10 minute window dude you you learned the entire like year of djing that i did in like three months or like (laughs) even less you said let me condense this let me learn the cdj's in one little session that's that's wild Right. And um, on the way, like, like, and when you learn DJing, you, you find out a little, you learn little tricks yourself, right? You're like, oh, like I can transition out of it, out of this song like this. Oh, what does this knob do? Oh, it's a filter. And you get creative with it and you oh, like yeah. find unique individual, individualistic ways of how to transition that like help your style, you know? 
yeah every every dj has is an artist in their own way because not everyone's going to play the exact same set no one's going to transition the same way like there's an art to djing there's an art to production right oh yeah for sure and i'll never forget when uh ricky was like hey like we gotta we gotta get in the back now i was like what do you mean we gotta get in the back he's like they're about to open up doors and i was like oh shit and like they had to like hide me in the back close the doors from people coming in and i'm just like am i really that special to be in this position right now <laughs> i'm just like oh, no way yeah bro all the <laughs> all the work that you put in behind the scenes and right for that and and it only just goes to show how dedicated and how hyped the event was going to be. Oh, yeah. you know, like it, it, it helped Ricky's message of him saying earlier was like, you know, how he likes to make how he likes to hype every event up. Like it's like a WWE match. Oh, yeah. I like like, yeah, like like now I can see why he did that and why the show was structured to be like that. And I, I remember we were in the I was in the back uh, waiting with him and on the walkie talkie, he's talking to someone and he's like, is joed ready to get it go through and he's like oh no not yet and i'm just like what the hell yo damn yeah a little, you know quick shout out to ricky aka r squared for like the level of professionalism and like hype and just like anticipation that he brings to every show every performance every live stream like every post like there's just always so much energy behind it and i always i can admire that for sure. And one thing I'll never forget that he told me that day was, um, like, tell me if this is an inspiration, like inspirational AF. He was like, you see, you know, all your, all, you know, growing up, we've seen, like he said it somewhere along the lines of like, growing up, we've always seen our idols perform on CDJs at festivals like Tomorrowland and Ultra and, you know, like David Guetta, Calvin Harris. And next thing you know, like, you're about to go up there in like a few minutes, perform on the same exact controls as they are in front of a crowd. And as he said that to me, it was just chills. Like, I was like, damn, bro, you guys, you really got to say it like that, man. Like that's just like, it, it, it goes to show how, like how he treated us, like how, like as artists, like, like he's, he's giving us a platform. He's giving us all the tools that we need and a generous crowd for us to showcase our craft and express our art. And so, and then next thing you know, the door would open and I'm walking out. I press play on the CDJs and I think it was Winslow or I think it was, or maybe you, uh, one of you guys said that, um, I think it was Winslow, like in the, within the second transition of a CDJ, that's when you get the hang of it and then it'll feel, you'll get a flow. Right. And I remember like on the third song or fourth song, I just felt like I owned them CDJs. Like, Oh yeah. I, like I was on a flow and 45, a 45 minute set turned into a five minute set. And I, re- Oh, like, you, you describe it perfectly. Like, right. Like time goes by fast, insanely quick. The first song feels like an eternity, but then after that, everything just feels like it just went by in just the, the flash of an eye. Ex- yeah. Like blackout, right? <laughs> yeah. It's real. literally like you blackout and like you wake up and you're like, what people are still cheering i guess i'm done okay (laughs) all right sweet for real yeah and um i don't i like i don't i I think you remember as well uh the crowd when i was there uh bro i barely played my first song and i think it was it was eric lim shout out to eric lim by the way he was there right in front of me 
cheering as if it was like the main event already and already mm. hyping me up and i barely just started the first song dude in my first performance shout out to eric lim eric lim i remember during my performance he was in the front too <laughs> and he was going ham so he dude he the energy that you brought like it's palpable we're, we're both talking about it like yeah like it goes a long crowd, way the crowd yeah the crowd interaction goes a long way so you look you even just looking at us in the eyes Oh, dude, that that just feeds my soul, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes, yeah, and like next thing you know, like it's his energy contributes so much to the environment. The next thing you know, the room was packed within like a few songs, and that's when I felt like I was at home, and I felt like you know this is where I should be. This is like I want to be doing this this type of stuff as long as I can. Oh yeah, um, and being able to share moments like this with people in the future, right? And and I don't know if you noticed it too, like even in the footage, I think you'll notice now when you see the R squared of footage of me from here on out, you see me doing, waving my hand up like this. I got okay. that from Avicii, bro. Cause he's he, like, I am so inspired by him that it just felt like, like I just have to do that in the moment. You just waving awesome. your right arm. Like there's no tomorrow. Like, you know, like, ah, it's just, I can't just, I can't put it into words. You don't have to put it into words because I think we can all feel the energy and like excitement that you experienced during that set. And I'm feeling it too right now. You're making me relive that night. And like, <laughs> it, it was awesome. It was a monumental night. And I'm glad that I was able to meet you guys, um, you know, do a curated event like that and experience your guys' talent on the main stage. Um, I'll never forget. I think you remember this too. Remember we were in the, in the green room and, uh, I was done, and I remember you and Winslow were about to go up, and we were talking about because uh, I remember I asked either you or Winslow, I was like, "Which song? Do you know what songs you guys are gonna play?" And I think when you guys said, "We only know the first two tracks or the first track," and I was I, like, what? "That was it, yeah." I was like, "No way! Are you serious?" Like, I spent like a lifetime on making a forty-five minute set, and you guys only know the first two songs. These people are legends. What? I think that. I remember the first person who taught me really to like craft a DJ set was Winslow. And like, I would be painstakingly like crafting a set for like days for weeks and then practice every transition. And I was like, I don't know if this is a way to live. And then one day I just decided I was going to start doing freestyle through. I don't think I've, I've turned back like every single set since then, like I know what songs I really enjoy and I know what new stuff I want to put out that like, it's like, all right, I just, I just have them in a folder and I go, I just read the, you just got to read the crowd. And like, right. I met, I think I learned that from playing at Kombucha Town in, in Bellingham because like we get crowds of all types of people. And I'm like, all right, what do I have to play now to keep everyone buying drinks and dancing and having a good time? <laughs> and so I was like, all right, cool. So that's how like my kind of like flow had been, but kind of like talking about the past, um, the last thing I kind of wanted to get into was, you know, producing, like you said, you've put a lot of time into it and a lot of, um, a lot of years behind the scenes. And, you know, I listened to, what is it? Steve James us remix. Is yes. that what it was? Yes. That's my I most listened, recent one. I just listened to that and I was like, damn dude, this is freaking sick. And then I listened to that song, that Han Solo, um, San Holo. Well, I don't know. I can't even say it words right now. San Holo. Um, uh, remind me the name of it. Olivia from the ground. 
Live Me From The Ground. Dude, I listened to both of those today. And I had I Brighter like, Days. And Brighter Days? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, there's two remakes of Sound Hollow. Okay, it, yeah, Lift Me From The Ground was the one that like really stuck to me in my ear. And I was like, dude, this is really sick the super saws were just like speaking to me in a way that was like yes this i can feel the emotion behind this and um i just want to know like you know i kind of want to get this for like the producers out there who are listening like what's kind of like your flow of like making a song like you got a fresh ableton project and you're like let's go Ooh. or a fresh fl studio project right so um What's crazy is uh, my process has been different throughout the years. It's always, I don't think I would have, I don't think I would say I would have a concrete process of how it comes to making a song. Um, funny enough, actually, every song that I've ever made has a reference slash inspiration song that goes with it. Oh, like a reference track. Like a, like a, like a track that I want to emulate and do it in my own style. Okay. Because I love the vibes of that song. Uh -huh. And so I want to, I feel like it could correlate to the original song that I'm working at that moment or the remix that I'm doing. Um, and so for example, lift me from the ground by, um, son with the, by my remix of son holo was emulated after the track oceans by petite biscuit brighter days was emulated after body by loud luxury. This most recent remix of Steve James us was emulated after Wheaton's uh, song wave on his new album that came out. Uh, I think last week or the week before. So it's always something that I have in mind that I want to do in my own style, you know? Mom. And so, um, the podcast. <laughs> 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 no, no worries. Um, and so, but it's, so it's, I always, uh, I guess one way I have a strong way of going about this is just making a chord that like hits me, I guess, making that, triad inverse triad chord you know that mm -hmm. that like hits you and see if you can build off of it if not you scratch that or take some notes out of it um and it's as much as i want to say how my process goes it's so different because i'm always learning something new in every process that i that i bring on to the next project mm -hmm. if that makes sense oh yeah the hundred you know, percent so like you learn like a new effect you learn like a new way to put this effect. You learn a new synth. You learn a new sound. You learn a new way to tweak the sound. You learn a new kick. You learn a new kick drum percussion pattern type beat. You know, it's like all these things you're learning in every track um, that you bring on and hone onto the next track afterwards. So in a way, your process is always becoming innovative and new on every track that you work. Yep. I, I can wholeheartedly agree with that one. Like um, every single time it's like, it's like an experiment of like, Oh, what can I fuck around with this time to like make some weird kind of sound or, you know, one thing I learned was like taking, like putting like a drum loop and then taking like the, putting it on beats and like playing with the transient. So you can make a drum loop sound completely different and make it all your own. And it's like little tips and tricks like that, like that you learn over the course of like hundreds of songs all really add up. And like, I could agree with that. Like, I don't have like a, you know, maybe I'll start with a sample. Maybe I'll start with a baseline. Maybe I'll start with like a melody, like it, who really knows. Right. And I guess, I guess to answer your question, uh, I mean, I don't want to make it sound cliche, but like, it's something that like hits me and makes me feel in the way that I think is like, Oh, like this is like, this is exactly, this exactly screams 
Joed. Mm. Like this, like this, like like a feeling, I guess. Like if if this, if the vibe of this song hits me and makes me feel the ideal way that I want it to, you know, make me feel, then boom, like that's my track. That's the vibe I'm going for. These are the chords I'm sticking with. These are the the kicks and the percussion that I'm going to go with. But nonetheless, I also always try to experiment new stuff, try to le- like download new plugins, new effects, and play around with it. Um, I can say this for all. I'll, I'll say this to the producers out there. Um, you can use the most weirdest sample or use the most weirdest percussion or use like an effect on a sample in a way that's not supposed to be used and come out with something beautiful. I agree. Like, like, for example, I'll, I'll say this for the Steve James song. I don't, I don't like, I can, I don't have any secrets. I was like, I, I can say whatever I used a ton of, do you know the daughter life effects? Um, Endless smile. Endless Smile and Sausage Fattener. Oh, of course. Yeah. So I threw, um, the reason why I made my Sausage sound so big and atmospheric in that remix was because I slapped Endless Smile and layered the saws and I slapped Endless Smile on each and every one of them and tweaked them all differently. That's why it has that like, right? Like you can hear risers going up in the drop and that's just Endless Smile going to town on the synths. Dude, that that makes so much sense. Wow, that's sick. Like it com- completely like takes away the point of using Endless Smile for what it was supposed to do, which was like for white noise samples or I think some stuff like that. Yeah, I think it was like, you know, build it up so that build you can, up yeah I, I always used it as like i'd put it on like the master channel and then like take all of the tracks and then just go up to like and it just it washes it all out so that when like you hit the drop it's like super clear and like that but damn using endless smile straight up like you wouldn't even throw it into a turn track you would just do it don't just throw it channel. throw it straight up on the channel like after i edited all the whole like the synth like eq wise and stuff like that put endless smile last and i think it's the first preset which is called hands up in the air and i would tweak it at like 60 to 70 and it gives it like a happy like like sweeping like like i don't know how the the program does it it's so beautiful how it like how it sounds but it's like it sounds like something is like dragging something upwards it's like an endless sweep up and Mm -hmm. it just somehow sounds like it's still going up always and it's just like i don't know it just you, you like for all the producers out there or people who don't know into producing, you'll know what I mean when you hear this sound. It's, it just sounds like something is endlessly going, like sweeping up beautifully. That's yeah. all I can describe it. And like a, for anyone, the super saws are like the sounds that you hear in like what? Flu- early Flume, Odessa, Alinium. Right. Said the sky, like those like it kind of feels like i'm in the gates of valhalla and i'm about to go meet hella angels to go like ride the towns on our pegasus chariots that's exactly the feeling i get from those Now she's dreaming about feeling bad 
And so, um, and like another, I have like a, another remix coming out for Lewis the Child. Like I used, like, this is crazy, bro. I don't even know how I got, I wish I'm going to like, I'm going to start recording myself now when it comes to me producing. So like you can see, so I can see how I came across this discovery and like, you can see my reaction because I, I lose my shit. Like oh, I, like for, yeah. for, for this remix is coming up, um, down the line. It's probably going to be before the end of the year. I used a drum percussion loop cut like a fourth of it put some like like gritty sausage fanner on it and it sounds like a like a like a grouse synth type like a, like a soft skrillex vibe like growl or it, it sounds like a synth at the end of the day but it's just shaky. from a drum loop from a drum loop bro i pitched it all the way down and made it and it sounds like 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 a weird growly synth you make in serum dude that is that is sick I'm I'm literally about to go produce right after this episode, and I'm gonna try that out. It's like wow. like like you just cut it like you just cut it like there's certain parts of a loop. It's like uh, I think it was a vengeance sample, and it was like trop like some like uh, essential house plug-in sample essential folder. clubhouse whatever essential clubhouse whatever right volume two yeah. or whatever <laughs> shout out the vengeance everyone uses that thank you Dude, every great perk sound pack. you could ever ask for <laughs> right yeah it's shout out to vengeance got like high quality samples at the end of the day um and i just cut it like there was like a segment of the loop and i was like yo this sounds dope and i cut it i cut that only for that part to exist threw it somewhere in the drop because it's like a future basically like drop um future house i'd say and i was like yo this fits with sauces afterwards. Let's go ahead and merge this shit together. And like, boom, like here's another vibe slash discovery that I just did. And boom, I'm going to take what I learned and put on the next track in the future. Wow. That's so awesome. you're always learning something new. It's a never, yep. it's like a never ending process. It is an, uh, an endless process that you never know. Like what, like what you're going to get out of like, the, out of a session like yesterday i literally just went through like ableton's max for live and downloaded all the free things that i could download and then one of them had like a free auto tune and i was like all right let me try <laughs> this out and i sang it to the mic and just did this auto tune and i was like you know 
some of it's a little pitchy, but like this was not bad. I feel like a young Travis Scott right now. <laughs> oh, I saw because you're doing the um the 100 day music challenge, right? The 100 day music challenge, dude. It is it is a hard challenge, and I'm on. <laughs> Today will be day 15, so I'm 15% of the way done. Dang, how's that going for you? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Like, I I did this because I listened to this other podcast called The Creative Pep Talk, uh, who I, I watched this other girl who just did, like, an inktober, and she just took all her pencil drawings and just inked them with pen, and it was so satisfying for, like, 20 minutes. And it was wow. like a flash sheet, and she was describing this podcast and I listened to this, these episodes like every morning on my way to work and they just got me super inspired. And one of them was this gal, I can't remember her name, but she did a hundred days of making a ceramic mug. What? And yeah. She made a ceramic mug every day for a hundred days. And like, you know, she was talking about all of the things that was happening during the time. Like she experienced a death in her life. You know, she was going through all of these problems, but at the end of the day, she just knew she had to like bust out a fucking mug. And someday, <laughs> you know, one day, some days she would just be like thriving. And some days it'd be like, let me get this as fast as possible. And like, I, I've, I've learned that. Like there's some days I'm like, wow, like this is really hard. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this today, but I just sit through and do it. And I'm always, I'm, I'm never not happy that I didn't do it. Cause I'll, I'll re-listen to my song for like at least six or seven times. And I'll be like, damn, like I'm so thankful. I fucking did that. Like I learned, I, I had a lot of fun. You probably have a lot of creative ideas to look back onto, huh? I, I, you know, that's how decolonizing house music came about. I did like, I think 18 days and I was going to do 365 days and I made like a video for each one. And that was like so time consuming because I had no idea what I was doing, but I did it for 18 days and like three deep breaths down with me. Um, down with me is amazing. Oh my god, I love that. Oh, thank Such you. Such a great ass track. Oh my god, it, it, that one, the, dude. I talked about it with Winslow, but I cried when I made that song. Really? Oh, oh, I was listening 100%. to that. I heard that. Yeah, I remember. Cried. But Dang. yeah, so I made I made all those during that, and like already in this hundred in these fifteen days, there's like some tracks that I'm like, yes, I cannot wait to like fully finish this idea, and then like go off with it because like they're they're thick i could just feel the energy and that's all it really like what it comes down to right for sure oh man those those moments are the best those moments are the best like what you described djing where you just kind of black out that also happens in production where it's like oh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna produce for like 30 minutes 40 minutes fucking three hours go i'm supposed to be in bed and i'm like well you know i had fun and whatever so. Dude, don't even get me started on that, man. Oh my god, it'd be like you. I can, dude. If I had a penny for every time that happened to me, dude, I'd be a billionaire by now. Yep. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna touch this track, this tweak this synth for like five minutes, and then I'm gonna go. Dude, five hours go by. I'm working on the whole track, and I hate myself because I don't get enough sleep. Yeah, but at the end of the day, then you got one more song. Yeah, one more song that you love the next day, and you're just like, damn, I'm glad I did that. Yep. And that's what it all really comes down to is just loving, you know, trying to outdo yourself at the end of the day and then just have fun and love what you do. And I can, I know 
Ricky can feel the same way. Philip can feel the same way. And I know you feel the same way. Like at the end of the day, we just love what we're doing. And like, we just want to continue to share our art and, you know, share our passions with anyone who wants to listen. Right. You're doing a great job. Like, likewise, I feel the same way to be in a place like this and to be around such dope creatives. Like, I don't, I don't like, I, I ask myself every now and then, how the hell did I get here? Mm-hmm. How did like, if like, damn, like it really paid off just keeping on the grind, working hard and expressing your art in your own unique way that you, you, you know, you end up making a network of people who are passionate about it and like, you know, are supportive at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, building the community is like the best part. And Oh yeah. Oh, tell me about it. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. And you know, that's kind of what I want to do with this podcast is like have another venue for us to just like talk it out and just have a fucking session, just like chat about things. For, yeah, for sure, dude. I think this podcast, I, I don't listen to podcasts. I, I do every now and then, but when I heard that you're doing one, I was like, no way. Let me listen. <laughs> and I remember hearing the first episode and you did, you're doing a phenomenal job oh, with how you're hosting it. Like, it's crazy how well you're like guiding everyone and structuring your podcast. Cause I remember you said, in I think it was end of Ricky's episode that like, if you're looking for consistency, this is not the podcast, <laughs> right? I remember your words. Oh yeah. You're like, this, this is not the podcast. If you do it, we're going to do it. However we want, we feel in the moment because it's more authentic and more expressive. I, what it comes down to is I just want to share authentic moments with authentic people who are doing the thing and you know, you can feel the energy and um, preach. Yep. With that being said, um, I want to thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on Trill Talks Trends. Um, real quick, uh, can we see the drip? Can we see the drip? Can we see the shirt that you're wearing? I saw some. Oh, dude. There. Dude, this is a shirt I wore at R Squared and Friends last year. Okay. So, everyone, we got a drip alert. We got Joe. <laughs> He's got a shirt with some like black and white with some hands up. They look like they're about to party, but they also look like they're headless. Like, Nearly headless Nicholas from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Nearly headless? How can you be nearly headless? Like this. I'm dead. But all right, man. Um, I hope you have a good rest of your night. And um, for everybody out there, uh, this is Trillium signing out with Joe Ed, a.k.a. Jose. And uh, Thank you. Thank you. Stay humble. Stay trill out there. Peace. Peace.